Welcome back, everyone. How are Welcome. we doing? Welcome back to And That's That on That, a monthly podcast. <laughs> I'm so sorry we told you a lie last month. We've got an update for you guys. Update. So we decided for the time being, we're going to do a monthly podcast just so we have enough time to put these episodes together. Since it's merely Haley and myself <laughs> doing it. We just want to produce quality episodes with less quantity. Right. There you go. We want quantity eventually, but the quality is at the forefront. Exactly. We want to curate some phenomenal content right. for you guys. So effective immediately. Effective immediately. <laughs> That's the word that I was looking for. Effective, effective immediately. immediately. It will be on the Thursday the first Thursday of every, of every month. month. The first Thursday of every month, like Thanksgiving, except it's, <laughs> isn't Thanksgiving the last Thursday of Correct. November? Yep. So reverse that. So it's going to be the first month, the <laughs> first day of every month that will be in your ears. Effective so we're really excited about that. But yeah, thank yeah. you so much for coming back. We're glad you're here. Um, we're so was, glad you enjoyed it. There was more than two of you. We were actually very shocked. Absolutely shocked. shocked. And confused. Shocked, at, confused. At the response. But we're very excited and grateful to be doing episode number two. Oh my gosh. So excited. We got some great feedback from you guys. Yes. And uh Thank you for listening. We Thank did you. get one piece of feedback that oh. I need to acknowledge. Yeah, let's address the let's elephant address in the room. The elephant in the room. Um, I understand. My name is Haley Chapman, and I'm an overactive listener. Yes, you are. Welcome. No. Um, okay. This is the first time we're, Haley and I both are doing something where we're like talking for hours, mm -hmm. really, and then cut it down. See, there okay, it there is it again. is. Exhibit A. Okay, so anytime you hear me say like, like or I say um a lot, I can say it's a filler word. It is. I'm not. I'm not judging. You um, know. There it is. I just said um. <laughs> they literally did not do that on purpose. This is our formal statement that it will keep happening. But what we're trying to say is take a shot every time that happens. <laughs> turn, turn it, it into in, a drinking game. Turn it into something good. Happy February. Happy February. The shortest month. month of the year. Thank God. I Okay, honestly... February is one of my favorite months because it's like why it's to me it's the beginning of the year because January doesn't, January count. doesn't count that's like the that's like the trial month mm. of the year and then February starts and it's like all right let's do this shit like I'm ready crank it into high gear crank it into high gear let's hustle yep um I'm feeling that motivation like kind of take over my body a bit and Good. that did not happen on New Year's Eve I was excited. <sighs> on New Year's Eve that we're coming into a new year, but I was like, skeptical. I'm just going to go back to my same routine tomorrow. Mm -hmm. So nothing changed yet, except right. over the last few weeks, I feel as though things are changing. I feel a new energy among I us. Do. Me too. It's a good energy. It is. Yeah. Well, it's the kind of energy that you change your Instagram handle. <laughs> right. That's another update we have. So we told another lie last episode. More we changed the Instagram handle um, to be cohesive across all of our platforms. So just to make it easy for you. And we did it for you guys, it's honestly. All for you. <laughs> so it's just and that's that pod. Um, 
And that's that Across pod. the board. And that's that pod you that you're even, listening to right now. You can even listen if you want. Go to andthatsthatpod.com. Mm-hmm. That's our new domain. So it's super easy to listen. It'll pop up all of the podcast streaming platforms for you. You pick your favorite one and Whatever listen. you use, it's right there. It's right there for you. So, so yeah. New Year, new Instagram handle. And that's that pod. On that. Oh. <laughs> you, and that's that on that. That's, Same thing. Yeah, that's better. But Same thing. We have a really good show for you We are today. so stoked about this episode because um, this guest is, I know him kind of well. He uh, <laughs> He's my brother. We grew up together, obviously. And um, if you do not know, he is a professional baseball player. Um, he's been playing baseball for the Oakland A's since um, 2014. He was a first round draft pick out of college. And then he got called up to the major leagues in 2016. And um, he's been playing there ever since. And he's accomplished the most insane awards and it's wild. it's wild. So <laughs> wild. We're going to we're going to talk to him today and he's going to explain He's going to explain baseball cuz yeah. I don't know about baseball very much. Obviously, he grew up going to like baseball games and stuff with my family. Was there for the food and the good vibes. Hot dogs. <laughs> yeah. Um the good vibes. The immaculate vibes. Um <laughs> they no, but honestly, I I mean, I have some experience with um, sports. I I played t-ball from... A legend f- at t-ball. <laughs> from four to six. Um, from then, I played soccer for a little bit. Whoa. Not one goal was scored. <laughs> and I, um, I never looked back after that. Don't feel bad because my dad was my softball coach. Uh, I tried I tried to follow the family footsteps right. and play softball, but, um, I lasted like a couple seasons. And then I, during practices, I'd be doing like round off back handsprings and flips in the field. And I finally was like, dad, I think I have to be a cheerleader. And he was like, I think you have to be a cheerleader. So so I went on to be a cheerleader. Best decision I ever made. I did enjoy my softball years, but I wasn't very good. I said, I'll leave that to Matt. Leave that to Matt. I'll let him we'll be do that. creative people. <laughs> that was that was on the agenda for my life because literally during baseball games or t-ball games, like mid midway through, I would go and like sit on my grandparents' lap or mom's lap and be like, "Okay, I'm done. <laughs> Can I go home <laughs> Let's now? Let's go." Yeah, <laughs> never that was, was one for the sports, but that's okay because um, I'm excited that we even have the opportunity to talk about what it's like being a professional baseball player in the major leagues. Because we clearly have no experience. None. Anything like that. None. Um, Um, But no, I spent most of my childhood at um, baseball games for Matt. So, and then we'll talk about this more, but when he got into the major leagues, when he was drafted, we'll get into this, but you have to go through the minor leagues. And when he was in the minor leagues, he played for, the Nashville sounds, which were when I, when I was going to college in Nashville. So like we actually got to live together while he was playing, um, for the Nashville sounds and I was going to college. So So it was so fun. We'll talk about that, but lots to talk about, lots to cover, many bases to cover. So many bases to cover. (laughs) No pun intended. um, Yeah. (laughs) 
That was awful. Sorry. Um, I just had to say it because it was just. It was, it was right there. there. Yeah, it was right it was, there. Gotta grab it. Um, yeah. But yeah, let's. Uh, should we just dive right into it? Let's do it. All right. Without further ado, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Haley's brother, Matt, Matt Chapman. <laughs> okay. First of all, thank you for joining us, Matt. This is so exciting. We have no, you're our first athlete. You're our first, first sports athletes. guest. I am um, your guys' first athlete. You're first. Yeah. You're, you're, you're the first. We were, we, this was strategic. We wanted, <laughs> you're <laughs> very, the perfect very much first planned. guest. And congratulations is in order. Yes. You thank signed you. your deal. You came, you negotiated to terms. And you signed an right. awesome deal. Congratulations. Yay. Are you Thank allowed you to like, like kind of elaborate on that a little bit and like what that um, means for you right now? I will, I will do my best job to elaborate on Sweet. how that happened and what it is without mm-hmm. gi- giving away anything yeah. too much. Exactly. So it's been a long time coming. Uh, to say the least, to get to this point in my career, I got drafted in 2014 and was in the minor leagues until 2017, got called up. And then once you get called up, you have to play pretty much three plus years, unless you are a a super two, which is like a very rare exception, um, where you play two years on the minimum and then four years of arbitration, but usually it's three years on the minimum, three years of arbitration. So it took me three years and 109 days to get to this point in the big leagues of service time. So I I get to this point and then my, you know, my agent gets to go in there and negotiate uh, why I'm worth what I'm worth. And the A's get to go in there and negotiate why they think that they should pay me a little bit less. So luckily, luckily there wasn't, it wasn't too hard. I mean, um, of a process, there's a lot of times where certain guys are, you know, for instance, like this year, Carlos Correa, he the Astros uh, put in 9 million and he's at like 12. So they had like a big gap and they have to go to arbitration over that, but yeah. we didn't have to go. Um, my case was a little tricky because of COVID um, it, you know, the shortened season, we only got to play 60 games of a season. And um, I, I did have a little injury hiccup, but it wasn't too bad um, to be able to, to be able to, come out of, you know, this process and get what I got and, you know, just grateful that, you know, it all worked out and excited yep. to start this season. Well, much deserved, much deserved. Congratulations. That's amazing. You've worked insanely hard and obviously I've been around to like witness this entire journey from your travel ball days until you got drafted and then went to the majors and everything. But a lot of people don't see the in between. It's something that's interesting that I feel like a lot of our listeners maybe aren't familiar with is people see that you get drafted to the A's and then they think, Oh, you made it. You're a pro ball player. You're, mm-hmm. you're set. You know, you got your signing bonus, everything, but a lot of people don't see the in between. They kind of only really see the highlights. What like, can you give everyone kind of a little rundown of the process of after you got drafted to where you are now? I know it's a long, but you can just sum it up. I can, I can give you guys some details. So everybody, everybody thinks it's all glamorous and all, and it's, you know, you get drafted and you're rich and you're in the big leagues and it is not the case. Um, you know, I was fortunate enough to get a good signing bonus, but I know a lot of people that signed for a thousand dollars 
Um, and and after taxes, who even knows what that is? Like $500. Yeah. So, (laughs) so they sign for a thousand dollars and then, and then you go, you go to, you know, there's Arizona league rookie ball, short season, low A, high A, double A and triple A. So there's like six levels of the minor leagues. You don't have to technically go to all of them, but you know, uh, I went straight to low A when I got drafted. So I went straight from, you know, being in college on a good team. And then I go to Beloit, Wisconsin. And I'm just like, what the, what the hell is this? That's insane. And I'm in the middle of nowhere. Um, you ride in like eight hour bus rides every day, you know, or not every day, but every road trip is far on a bus. You're, you know, you're, you're playing, you're, everybody's playing to make it, but the minor leagues is not very glamorous. Um, so we we lost our first 13 games when I got there. I remember oh, that. Wow. And no, nobody even cared. And I was just like, what the hell is going on here? <laughs> You're like, so this the, is it. Right. The minor leagues isn't too much about winning. It's just kind of about developing and getting better and playing games and then moving up. So then I went from there to Stockton. And I spent some time in Stockton, California. Beautiful Stockton, California. <laughs> Lovely. And then... You got the tour uh, of the best places in the And then I States. went from there to Midland, Texas. Wow. <laughs> and then a, you joined me in Nashville. And then I, yeah, and then I got a little bit of an upgrade when I went to AAA, and I went to Nashville, Tennessee. Got to see my sister, and yep. we spent some time together out there. We had some fun, so it was cool to be in a cool city and play baseball out there. That was a fun experience. And then, mm-hmm. you know, got called up to Oakland, and luckily haven't looked back since. Yeah, that's awesome. Was the minor leagues the hardest part? Do you think that that was, or was it harder as you got to more successful to where you are now? Because I remember when you were, when you were in Midland and when you were in Stockton and everything, I remember those were, those were trying times because how many games did you play and how many days? Those are the dog days for sure. Yeah. Um, I would say they're both equally as hard, but in different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, the minor leagues, the competition probably isn't as good as the major leagues. It's, I mean, there's flashes of greatness in the minor leagues, but it, the thing that separates people from being in the minor leagues versus the major leagues is being able to do it on a consistent basis yep. and being able to do that every day and be consistent. Um, in the minor leagues, you know, the being on the road all the time, being away from your family, your friends, not being able to do, you know, anything, you know, it was harder when I was younger. I see all my friends doing yeah. all these fun things and stuff. And you're out on the, I'm in Beloit, Wisconsin and struggling and I'm making $750 every two weeks. I'm like, what am I doing? <laughs> you know? So like that stuff's hard. Obviously it's all worth it once you get there, but it's, it definitely is a hard road in the minor leagues with, just, just riding the buses, eat, not eating good food, not making very good money. It's just a grind, but it, it prepares mm-hmm. you because in the major leagues, you get to the major leagues and you're flying on private jets. You're mm-hmm. going to cool cities. You're getting paid good money. So like that part of it's awesome. But then the baseball part of it is really hard because you're under the microscope and all your successes and failures are being you know, evaluated on a consistent basis. And so that part of it, the baseball part is a lot harder in the big leagues, but like the right. the other stuff, like you're getting your needs catered to a lot more there. It's so interesting to hear about. I mean, I, for one, know nothing about baseball, so I'm very <laughs> happy to be doing this interview because I'm excited to learn more and just hear, hear about like kind of the behind the scenes of how everything happens. And I think 
it's funny how almost every industry is similar in some way. Um, and so it's interesting, like I know Haley and I were talking about this before we were recording of how we wanted to kind of tie this together with, you know, what we're doing and um, with the entertainment industry. And I really feel that what you just explained and like the minor leagues and stuff like that, that is, I think what every musician or actor or like person in the entertainment industry goes through in their first like one to five years, mm -hmm. I think. It's starting out. Starting out and doing the worst gigs, doing like yeah. the, you Playing know. In dirty clubs. And exactly. Yeah, exactly. For like and no money. Like, like and building a fan base yeah. and finding out where, like your demographic and everything. It all takes Years and time. years and years. Years. And that's another thing that people think like you signed to Sony, you signed to Universal and that's it. So you're it's set. like, that's not it. even close to halfway. Just the beginning. Yeah. So it's exactly. cool. I really like, I mean, not to stir that, steer that completely away from that, but I was just kind of thinking like it's similar and that's, uh, it's cool. No, yeah, you're right. I mean, at the end of the day, they're both technically entertainment. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. In your first full season um, in the big leagues, you won the gold glove and then went on to win the platinum glove and then did the exact same thing the next year. And what Gavin and I were talking about is like a lot of people don't know, first of all, what that award really means and how big of a deal it is. To kind of compare it to music, it's almost like winning a Grammy because it's at the end of the year, they evaluate everyone's performances. They evaluate it against other players and stuff. So it, what, like, could you explain to people what the gold glove and platinum glove really mean? Yeah, the gold glove is handed out every year. Uh, it's one player at each position and it's, one player at each position in the American league and one player at each position in the national league. So it's for your defensive prowess, if you will, they, it's like they have now baseball is so analytical that they can use. I mean, baseball is pretty much ran by computers now. Um, yeah. It's, it's crazy. Like all the information, it's just like the age of information, you know, obviously everywhere these days, but in baseball they have, they can measure, hard the play was that you made and how far you traveled and what position you're in and your range and your, all these, your arm strength, all these different things they can measure on every single play. And all these metrics get shot out because it used to just be, okay, who made the least amount of errors Yeah, or, you know, who, who had the highest fielding percentage. Now they have so many different categories, like ways to defend, like evaluate whether a guy's good at defense or not, like how much range do they have? How many outs above average do they make? Or, Runs, defensive runs saved is a big one for me. That's like, I think something that separates me from the rest of the pack a little bit mm -hmm. is, you know, being able to save runs. Um, and I don't know how they calculate that, but it's uh, important and goes into that. So at the end of the year, they pick three finalists for each position and the coaches um, around the league get to vote. I'm pretty sure on the player that they think should win that award. And then once once uh, the winners are announced, there's nine American League winners, nine National League winners, one at each position. And then the, all of those people get to go to, like you said, the for you know music, it's the Grammys. But for this, it's the Gold Glove Awards. And those guys go and then um, they you get to do the ceremony and the uh, Platinum Glove is voted on by the fans and it's voted on by like, I think 
some more coaches and writers and people. I'm not sure how that all works, but part of it's a fan vote, part of it's not. And the Platinum Glove is one American League, one National League. So the of those nine Gold Glove winners, only one gets the Platinum Glove. It's like the best of the best. Yeah. So I, I was definitely excited. Yeah. Yeah. Not, not, yeah. Best of the best. Not trying to. <laughs> <but> it, <laughs> no, you're allowed to hype yourself up all night. <laughs> it was nice to. It was nice to be able to, you know, win that award. And I know Haley was there with me, and as was Taylor. Yeah. So much fun. Um, both of you guys were there when we got the uh, got the news at yep. breakfast. We ordered. Brunch. We did order uh, some champagne. We did some order champagne. a little bit extra champagne. I think when we found out we won the. Uh, <laughs> as you should. When yep. won, I, I guess when I won the platinum glove, not we, but. <laughs> what do you mean? What do you mean? I got a part I, of it. It felt, it felt like we all won. <laughs> no, hundred percent. It was fun, and then you know the second year that I that I won it was really fun too because to be able to you know anybody can do it once but to be able to do it again yeah, is exactly. pretty awesome i mean i still uh and then to have to win it with nolan both years mm-hmm. um we went to high school together and our high school coach came out and surprised us at the second ceremony so that's, that's pretty so awesome. awesome yeah and you know unfortunately i got hurt didn't keep the streak going nolan has continued his streak he has four in a row now in like seven wow. or eight gold gloves pretty mm-hmm. crazy so some tough shoes to fill right there, but I mean, I'd say we're doing pretty good for our high school. Absolutely. A hundred percent. And a lot of people don't know that like when you win the gold glove, it literally means you're the best at that position in your league defensively. And then when you win the platinum glove, it means in your entire league out of everyone that, that, that you're the best. So it's to win that twice in a row. It's obviously been so exciting to watch you succeed. Like, like it's, insane dad coached both of us dad coached me in softball and then you in baseball you you came out on the better end of it but <laughs> but I, I don't think i don't think your heart was in softball though no nah, absolutely not. not too much it wasn't for you <laughs> entertaining i ended up cheering, in the music world yeah and cheerleading and che- cheerleading dancing singing yeah. anything other than sports <laughs> yeah i became i became that artistic girl Speaking of El Toro High School, though, someone of your level is usually like heavily recruited out of um, high school. Like usually, you know, someone that makes someone that's as good as you like would usually be, you know, heavily recruited or drafted out of high school. But what a lot of people don't know is that you actually just went to college and you, you you went to Cal State Fullerton. You got drafted first round out of Fullerton. Do you think that you going to college was the best decision and then that helped your career more? Do you feel like you would have wished to be drafted right out of high school? No, I think going to college was the best thing that could have happened to me. Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't get, I didn't have the option either considering I didn't get drafted. I'm sure if I made it because dad, he always, he always wanted me to go to college. He was a lot smarter than me, realized that I was definitely not ready to be thrown out into the world on my own at 18 years old. I had, who knows where I would be if I did not go to college and grow up a little bit. Um, you know, there, I don't think that getting thrown into professional sports at 18 years old is for everybody. You know, a lot of guys are ready for it, but some people need to go be a kid a little bit more and grow up and, I think I needed to mature and get better at baseball as well. You know, 100%. I think, um, 
So that I had all worked out for me. I think I was a little disappointed when I didn't get drafted because I felt like I saw some of the guys that got drafted and I thought, in my opinion, I was better than them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a lot of kids that had been going to big colleges and getting recruited, I always felt like I was like always flying under the radar and not really sure why. I, I was like, my senior year, I, I, my, I was big enough to, you know, I wasn't like a small kid. I, I was like, big and felt like I was playing really well and I didn't really get any love. So I went to Fullerton and that was the only other school that offered me was San Diego state. Mm-hmm. Um, which obviously is, would have been a fun school, but Cal state Fullerton was a, you know, better baseball school. And it was somewhere that I kind of always wanted to go as a kid, had some yeah. friends going there. So it all worked out. We had a blast in school, but mm-hmm. I got, I got way, way better at baseball in college and was able to finally go somewhere where, you know, it wasn't like politics of baseball getting drafted and you have to have a big name or show, go to this showcase and do really good. It was like, look, I went to Fullerton and now I'm like, finally, I get to go somewhere where the best player gets to play. So I just went in there with a chip on my shoulder and I was like, I'm going to prove to all these guys that I'm the best. And, you know, I wasn't the best right away. Or even by the time I left college, I wasn't like the best college player or anything, but I was like well on my way to becoming the player I wanted to be. And then getting drafted in the first round kind of, you know, felt good to be like, hey, like this is some recognition finally that I felt like it took me a while to get. And that was all nice and you enjoy that. But then you go right back onto the right back into the minor leagues. And yeah, um, you know, it helps to be a highly drafted um when you get because they give you more you get more opportunities when you're highly drafted. Mm -hmm. Um, luckily I didn't need to use up any of my opportunities. I took advantage of them and, you know, a lot of guys don't take advantage of their opportunity. Um, but I, I was able to take advantage of my opportunity and, you know, I, I always feel like I have something to prove and I definitely coming off this injury and coming off surgery and having a shortened season last year, I definitely feel like I have a lot to prove this year. A hundred percent. This year is going to be exciting though. Do you know it yet? If they're going to allow fans or if it's going to start on time, the new season. Well, you know, you got to take everything you hear about that with a grain of salt, just because of how, how last year went last year, you know, they, they wanted to place, they shut us down. And then they said, Hey, hold on. We're going to start in a month. And then, you know, by the time you look up, it's already May. And as far as this year's concerned, um, you know, we've, we've been told show up on time. Um, expect to do spring training as is, and then play a season. Um, I'm sure there's a lot of health and safety protocols coming. I think the way that they anticipate it is they're not going to force anybody to get a vaccine. We also don't want to jump, you know, the people that need a vaccine more than we do, Mm -hmm. considering majority of us are pretty young and healthy. You know, there's some people that are probably more important of getting that. Mm -hmm. Um, as far as I've been told, we're going to have health and safety protocols for the beginning of season. And then once you know, the vaccine's pretty widespread and distributed and, you know, the country's looking like it's in a better place. I think they're going to allow more fans, but that's, I mean, if you look around at the NFL right now, there's fans in the stands, right? You know, the Kansas city chiefs game had a lot of fans. So I think MLB is going to do the same thing where they leave it up to the team and the team gets to kind of choose if they want to have fans or not. Obviously the States can step in and kind of overrule that. Whereas I think California probably is not going to let fans in the stadium, considering mm-hmm. that they're a little more on the conservative side there. Whereas somewhere like Texas, 
I mean, they already had fans in the World Series and, you know, the playoff games there. I'm assuming when we go play Texas and Houston, there's going to be a lot of people in the stands, which will be fun. Um, yeah. So I think it's real. I think you're going to see a, a mixture of both. Yeah. I was just curious, like what it's been like throughout the last year and since COVID started and how that's been incredibly different, um, obviously for everybody, but in the sports industry and in the entertainment industry, I feel like it's hitting a lot of people really hard when you're in front of a lot of people for your job. Um, and so I guess I just wanted to do the COVID check-in and see what it's been like, uh, for you and yeah, how that is today and how it was, I guess, back in March when it started. Yeah. yeah. March when everything kind of shut down. Yeah. It happened really fast. So, uh, for my COVID check-in, um, <laughs> <laughs> checking my COVID temp, I have, um, so we, we were, you know, going to business as usual and spring training and my body felt pretty good. You know, I felt like, I felt like my hip and like my back was like a little sore, like everything was just kind of like, but like uh, during spring training, like, you know, you're kind of working out those kinks, like at the very beginning, cause you haven't played baseball. You can practice as much as you want, but until you get to spring training and like, it starts to like ramp up pretty good. You can only prepare for that so much. Um, and then all, all of a sudden one day they just say, don't show up and go home and COVID blah, blah, blah. And I really hadn't really heard. I know Taylor, uh, who's my fiance, she is a flight attendant. And at the time she had mentioned, you know, she had been hearing about COVID and things like that, but I didn't really like know what that meant. And, and then obviously we get shut down and they tell us, Oh yeah, you guys can't come back to the field. And then it turned, and we just figured it was like maybe for a day or two. We weren't really sure what right. this is, what this meant. Day. And they're like, yeah, you guys, <laughs> I wish. They're like, they're like, you guys can't come back. And we're like, what? Like we can't come back. And, and then they're like, yeah, just hold tight. And then, and then I was just like, okay, maybe it's going to be like a month, you know, or two weeks or maybe every like, and then obviously it turns into this whole thing. So then I kind of forgot about my, you know, how my body was feeling at the time. Like, cause we weren't, I was, I was kind of shut down. And for the first like month, I kind of was like, okay, well, my body's a little sore. I'm just going to not do anything for a month. And I figured out that probably wasn't the best move, but I, I didn't really do much. Um, and then I started picking it up again and it was hard. It, luckily Arizona was a little more open than most places. So I was able to start working out and doing some stuff, but like nothing was the same, you know, it's like hard yeah. to get in get out. And then, we get to spring training and everybody does their spring trainings at their facilities instead of at spring training complexes at that time. And it was like, mm. you would come in groups. So like X amount of guys would show up at nine and then the next group of guys would show up at like nine forty-five or 10. And then yeah. they would just stagger everybody and you'd like go to different stations and stuff. Cause you know, they didn't want everybody to be exposed or be into me different places. So there was a lot of rules this year. And then when it came to season starting, it was like, um, you could, they limited the amount of time you could get at the field. So I think that was another reason why you saw so many guys injured this year was because, you know, baseball, people don't realize it, but you know, for a 7 PM game, uh, I would say a majority of our team gets there between 1230 and, you know, two o'clock. I would probably say I show up to the field at one o'clock for a 7 PM game at the latest. Yeah. You're going hours. all day, you know? So, and then I leave at 11 o'clock at night. So that's like a 10 hour day every day. And 
but like you need that time just to like get warmed up or get some worked on whatever it is, you know, cause you got to take ground balls, take swings, do batting practice. So like a lot of stuff has to be done, you know, before the game starts that people don't see and they limited our time to where you could only get to the field, like, you know, four hours before a game, something like that, where, you know, a lot of guys need five to six hours before a game just to get ready, whether, whatever that means, you know, watching video, doing this, doing that. So there's a lot of different things in baseball that you can really work on with that time. Yeah. So I think that that's why you saw some guys getting injured. Um, there's a lot of, you had to wear, cause we traveled, you're always, you had to wear masks unless you're outside. Um, you had to wear masks on the plane unless you were eating, can't eat next to each other. Just a lot of so like crazy. spacing out and like a lot of rules that like made it tough, you know, cause like, you know, you couldn't go to other people's rooms and stuff where usually, you know, we're hanging out on the plane and, you know, playing cards or like guys go to each other's room and hang out after the game for a little bit before they go to bed, you know? So like it, that team camaraderie stuff, you know, is something that was missed for sure with COVID. Obviously, you know, we're still lucky. We get to play baseball and travel and do things. A lot of people had it way worse than us, but, you know, it was definitely yeah. not a, nor a normal season. And, you know, a lot of guys lost a lot of money with the, you know, only playing 60 games. So mm -hmm. definitely some things. And then, so then we had a COVID scare on our team um, and we had to stay in our hotels in Houston for like four days straight. We couldn't leave that. our rooms. Um, so we were, we were on lockdown for like four days and, you know, I was trying to stay loose, stretch out, do stuff, but it was just hard, you know, cause then we yeah. were in our room for four days and then we went back to Oakland and flew back like five hours, whatever that is. And just my body wasn't feeling right after that. And I kept trying to play through it. And I think after I struck out 10 at bats in a row, I knew that it was probably time for me. <laughs> okay. I was like, I, that was a bad stretch. <laughs> like I struck out, I struck out more in 10 at bats than Tommy did all season. <laughs> oh my gosh. But, um, yeah, that's when it, it started hurting. And then I ended up, uh, you know, I went out to Vail, flew out to Vail to see Dr. Philippon, who is a, a magician. He invented the surgery, actually, that I got. Oh, and wow. so when they evaluated me, um, my hip, uh, like a normal hip should look like this ball in your, like socket. Your, your, yeah, your femur head should just be a nice smooth ball going into your socket. Mm -hmm. And my socket was a little shallow. So it was like, it's smaller than most. So like, it, it's a good thing because it gives me more freedom to move. Mm -hmm. But my femur head was like shaped like this. It That's like how mine is. You guys, have, so you and weird. Gavin have the same thing. I literally have that. Yeah. It's like, it's shaped kind of like a, almost like a triangle like thing. So it's like scrapes yeah. up against my uh, hip joint, I think. Right. Yeah. yeah. Inside. Yeah. So you, yeah. Well, Matt, got, you had I to get a, your shape. I got a guy. Right? I yeah, got a guy. I honestly might be calling him up. <laughs> so the problem is when I'd like swing and rotate and stuff, like it was like slicing my labrum off. Yeah. So, Ouch. so he went in. He went in there. I can feel that. Yeah. I know he, what that feels like, like. And it's nice because it was like arthroscopic. So it was all he has like two tools, like these two tools. So he goes oh, in wow. there and like does this stuff. But he shaved the head of my femur down and made it a nice ball. And then nice. he put the put this back over and then he put five stitches in my uh, labrum and stitched it back together. So wow. stitched out, boom, everything all clean and cleaned it up. And I mean, I was riding the bike the day after surgery. I know wow, you recovered so fast from that. It was insane. Well, the technology I mean, too today is insane. So it's yeah, it, much different how it used to be. Yeah. 
it's pretty crazy. They got, I mean, I was walking off crutches two weeks after. Dang. It's wild. And it was, it was pretty crazy. I mean, it's, it's been a long process considering I'm still going to physical therapy and like rehabbing. I got some surgery on September 14th Mm -hmm. and I'm, you know, I'm, I've been still going to physical therapy Monday through Friday and doing all my stuff, but I mean, I'm going to be ready for season and that's all I can ask. It's like a, it's a good five month rehab. It kind of worked out. I know it would it was shitty, but it kind of worked out in the best possible way with this season, so that you could re- you could rehab right now when the season was shorter, you know. And now you're going to be super healthy for this year, and I really hope that they allow fans so I can come see you play. Or we're going to buy a cutout. And- yeah, we'll do one of the cardboard cutouts. Yeah. Just right you should get a cut get a for cutout sure. right by third base. But I do yes. I do think they're going to allow fans at some point. So when they do, awesome. you guys will have to yeah you guys fingers crossed. Absolutely, I yeah, think absolutely. everybody's due. Everybody, no matter if you like baseball or not, is due to get a beer and. A- <laughs> that's Absolutely. literally what we were just talking about gavin's like i don't know much about baseball but i did go to a few games and <laughs> for the food just for the there's food and days, the good vibes there's some days where i think i'd rather be drinking a beer and a hot dog and watching right. somebody play there oh for sure <laughs> right for sure Sounds nice one of the things i did want to ask you though is i know you've been through some hard times coming up to where you are today, it hasn't all been sunshine and roses, obviously, like you were saying, it's a long journey, but were there any times that you were just burning out and you were kind of just like, oh my gosh, I don't know if I can do this. And what did you tell yourself in those times? Like, what would you tell someone who maybe went, is going through the same thing? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, there was a lot of times that I would get burnt out. I don't know if it was like me being emotional or you emotional. What? <laughs> me being jealous that I'm seeing other people doing fun things mm-hmm. when I'm out here. You know, like a lot of because you know baseball we're playing on a lot of holidays. Which right? I mean, that's not that. I shouldn't be complaining, but like, you, you know, you see people on 4th of July doing fun things or going to a Coachella yeah. or a concert or things like that. So like when I was out in the minor leagues, I, I feel like I was just looking for things that were making, I was like, always like, you know, pissed. I think, cause I did, I wasn't where I wanted to be in my career. I wanted to be in the big leagues. Yeah, I felt like I was good enough to be in the big leagues and I was just staying put, you know? And I was like, I'm so much better than these guys. And I feel like they're not calling me up because they just want to save money. And, mm. you know, there's, there's a lot of things that go into it. Obviously they probably thought I wasn't mature enough yet or something considering <laughs> that I'm getting all that bent out of shape, but I, I don't know. There's a lot of times in the minor leagues, it's just kind of a lonely place. Um, you know, being on those bus rides in the middle of nowhere and, you know, it, yeah. it, I think that's when I got the most burnout because in high school, you know, I, I absolutely like, you don't play enough. I mean, I played year round all the time, but like, Mm -hmm. I really liked it. I didn't really get too burnt out. There was like a handful of times where like, yeah, there, I wish I wasn't practicing and doing things. I wish I could do other things. Um, college, college, I didn't get burnt out during season because it was so much fun and it was with all my best friends, friends, but summer ball, I would get burnt out because it was like, man, like I'm playing summer ball and the Northwoods league. And, you know, I'd rather have a summer or I'd rather, but like, you know, you're you got to sacrifice to do those things. And like, sounds stupid that I'm saying that I, I wish I had a summer. And then, no, but I mean, it's, it's your life. Baseball, but, like, there's, but we're playing, I was playing 70, 
I played 75 games in uh, like 78 days or something. So I was just like, that's insane. When that becomes your normal, like that's, of course, you're allowed to want to have summer. Well, and it's your every year too. like, sorry to rub it in, but you can't go to Coachella. And that's like (laughs) me and Gavin's obviously like we love it. It's so fun. So it's like maybe one time. Well, well, yeah. I mean, it's every year for you. You know, your birthday's during season. Fourth of July is during season. You know, you're allowed to complain about that. But but you're doing what you love to do. Absolutely. So I think. I think the the old like and I so my advice would be just yeah. big pick the big picture I guess because you know I I don't think that I've gotten I mean there's definitely been some trying times during the major leagues where you know most of the time I think those come when you're struggling and you're in a slump because baseball is yeah. a game of failure you know the best player fails seven out of ten times hmm. and so it's just a game of failure and you have to get used to that failure and used to used to dealing with that stuff. And I mean, that part never gets easier unless Mm -hmm. you just like getting out, which I don't think anybody likes getting out. (laughs) So I would say, I would say just think big picture and know that like, you know, the sacrifice you're making is worth it because of where you want to be. You know, there are so many times Mm -hmm. in the minor leagues that I just didn't want to be there or I wanted to quit or whatever it is, just because I was just like, was just hated being gone and hated like, you know, I wanted to be where I I was just always wanting to not be where I was. And I think, you know, once I made it to the big leagues that alleviated a lot of that. And I really was excited about all the things happening. And I was like, wow, that made it so much more worth it. And then you get comfortable of being in the big leagues. And then you take that for granted sometimes and you get mad that you're playing like crap or whatever, and you're not doing good and Mm -hmm. this and that. So like, I, I don't, and then like, you know, I got the game taken away from me when I got hurt. Yeah, And it's sometimes when you get hurt is when you realize that, you know, that's what you want to do and where you want to be. So I think the older I got, you know, and, you know, the the older you get, I realize you know, my priorities are a little more in check now, I would say still getting there, but they're a little more in check. (laughs) And I think that, I think that, um, you know, it baseball is, you know, there's nowhere else I can, you know, enjoy be able to do something that I care about so much and still make a career out of it and be fortunate enough to make, you know, a lot of money doing what you like. So to be able to do that is a blessing. And I think when you're a young kid in the minor leagues, like it's easy to lose sight of what's more important and just want to do fun stuff all the time or whatever it is. So I think, I think if you keep that in mind that, you know, where you really want to end up and where you see yourself, you know, it's going to take sacrifice. Absolutely. And I think like if someone, you know, maybe is listening that, you know, it has got or is going through kind of what you went through through years ago, what I guess what's something that you would want to tell a younger version of yourself who needed that advice, who is like kind of pissed off all the time, just looking for something to be bitter about, because I've mm-hmm. definitely been there um, and I understand that feeling, but like in a different uh, context. So like, I'm just curious what you would tell uh, a younger Matt. <laughs> or tell a kid who yeah. wants to be where you are. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, something that I continue to remind myself still, and a lot of times don't take the advice, but I would say just, just be patient and, you know, try to, try to enjoy, try to enjoy where you're at, you know, instead of always focusing on where you want what you want destination like yeah like I I'm always I always catch myself trying to 
you know, leave the present so that I, and because I'm so focused on what I did wrong, or I'm so focused on what I need to do to get to where I want to be or think I need to be or Mm -hmm. whatever it is. (laughs) So like, I think that if I was able to just be patient and just like slow it down a little bit when I was Mm -hmm. younger like that and be able to realize that like, Hey, look, like, you know, there's, you're doing everything that you can, you're doing everything that you've wanted to do. It might not be as, you know, at this pace you want it to be, or as nice as you want it to be or whatever it is, you know, it's not as glamorous, but to be able to be doing it. And you know what, if you really don't want to do it, there's a million other people that want to do it. So, you know, like, that's really good. So like, if I'm going to sit there and bitch about it, well, guess what? There's, I mean, there's someone in line that's 10,000 other people that would want to do that. Yeah. And there wouldn't 10,000 other people that are working their ass off to try to take it from you. So exactly. If if you want to sit there and get in, in your feels like that, then it's, it's not going to do you any good. What's going to do good is, trying to make the most of your opportunity and actually trying to have some fun with it because it's not going to last very long. Yeah. Everything you're saying parallels to trying to make it in the music industry, make it as an actor, even make it as like an agent in the industry or as a publicist or anything, because you're going to hear, and I've heard this like my whole life, you're going to hear a million no's before you get one yes. And you're going to have to give up. I know you can relate, Gav, because you, you know, you you left high school early to go focus on music. You didn't go to college because you were like buckling down on music. And you and Matt, I feel like can relate a lot on that. Of Like, dang, I missed out on this one sure. thing. But like he said, there's a million people that would kill to be where you are right now, even though you're, mis- you're wishing it away, yeah, you know? Absolutely. Because you're so consumed in the moment. It's all... No, I relate it's all with relative. everything that you just yeah, said. So I know. I, I'm listening to Matt say it and I'm like, this is so funny because it. it goes for, and that's why we want to talk to people in all different aspects of, of the industry because it's everything, all it's so, it's all relative. Like yeah. it's all, it's all about mental. It's like the mental yep. side of mentality. 100%. And like, I guess, I guess the key for us, Gavin is how, how long can we, uh, continue that thought process because I know if I strike out twice, I'm throwing it all out the window and I'm like, I was like, I was wrong. This yeah. Right. You're like, screw like, that. Yeah. Never mind. No, yeah, I hear exactly. I, I really do relate with a lot of what you talked about, like, you know, and going to college and me not going to college and like kind of going a different direction. And like, there's just so many different avenues you can take in life. And I feel like not one way is going to be the right way or the Everyone's wrong way. Everyone's path is and different. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. That well, gave me some motivation. Thanks, Matt. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> of course. Hey. Well, yeah. I mean, it's important to know. you're on, you might as well enjoy it. Okay, Matt, some of your quotes just really stick with me. Like everything you're saying right now, I'm like, these are all phenomenal quotes. And one time... This I wanted to bring this up because when I was going through a tough time, Matt, you said to me one time, there was you basically essentially like I was trying to be a leader in a situation and someone else was kind of trying to like step step on me. So like it was kind of like a social climbing situation where T. someone wants to <laughs> step on whoever they can to get ahead. And one thing that you told me that I'll always remember is you said you don't tell people you're a leader, you show people you're a leader. Mm-hmm. And another, it kind of relates to just kind of succeeding in silence because doing your, putting your head down and doing the work, you don't have to show off your hard work naturally 
pays off and the people yeah. that are showing off and like hyping up themselves usually are the ones that aren't really getting the, the hard course. work in and like the, putting their heads about. Jam, jam it in everybody's face yeah. and shove yeah. it down their throat and then they wonder yeah. why they don't get where they want to go because they're just so focused on what people think and yeah people will pick up on it you know exactly. oh absolutely if i'm they, all for working with your head down and just grinding yeah, yeah. and if 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 the and if people don't pick up on it, then they're just not paying attention. Yeah, exactly. Right? Then Is, maybe you don't. Maybe they. We don't want them to pick up on it. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Was there? Is there any um, like advice that you've received from other MLB players or just anyone in general that you'll remember? Did is there any like advice that you're like that you'll always remember that you got from someone, whether in major leagues or like? A I friend? mean, some of some of the. One of the coolest guys that, you know, I've gotten a lot of good advice over the years. I feel like I've been lucky enough to run into some guys that, you know, have a lot of guys that I played with on the A's when I was like a rookie were either kind of close to on their way out and had experienced a lot or they're kind of in my shoes. So it was like the young guys were helping each other out or the old guys were trying to give us what advice they had. But I, I think... I think uh, a lot of the old guys, they're always looking back and wishing that they enjoyed some of the times more because mm. they were always so focused on, you know, whatever it may be that it, it took, took some of the fun out of it. But I think one of the coolest guys I met was Trevor Plouffe. And oddly enough, he was on the A's in 2017 when I was, and he played third base and he got, he was always really cool to me in spring training. And we kind of like hit it off and like, he was just awesome. He's from California, Southern California guy. And he was like, he was probably in his like mid thirties, you know? And so he was like, and I was kind of up and coming and I was like, probably, you know, at that time, 24, 23. And he, and I ended up getting called up and I ended up, I didn't, and I texted him like, Hey, I'm getting called up, blah, blah, blah. And then I didn't realize that he was actually getting released so that I could get called up. And oh, wow. he like, he wished me well. He said, has nothing but good things to say. He was like, honestly, I don't even know why I was here before you because you are better than me. And like, but like, not even that, but like, he, he is just the kind of guy that's always spreading positivity no matter what. And he just said, you know, everybody gets so selfish in this game and everybody tries, you know, it is a selfish game because obviously you are looking out for yourself and right. you know, you have to, before, you know, you can help everybody else. You do have to help yourself in some ways, but you know, he, he would always tell me a rising tide raises all ships. And I thought that was a cool quote because it means that like, you know, you, if you get so focused on yourself, you're not really doing anybody any good. Whereas like, you know, if you're, if you're leading by example and you're doing really well and you're helping out other people and making your team better, you know, you being just being good by yourself is great. But if you can be good and make others around you, it's just going to bring everybody else up. Mm-hmm. And I thought that that was That's like awesome. something that kind of motivated me because I wanted to be, you know, a leader on the team and like, you know, not the guy that's going to just go in there and be like, Hey, I'm the leader or something like that. But like, right. if you can, if you can, you know, make the team better and make everybody around you better and try to be a good teammate and just will everybody else to succeed. I think that like, that's just as fulfilling as anything else as being a good teammate and helping everybody else win. Cause if everybody wins, we all win. For sure. Very well said. Wow. 
Gandhi. Very well said. <laughs> <laughs> that was beautiful. Well, to to close this interview, first off, thank you so much for your time and for the amazing words mm-hmm. um, today. I've learned a lot <laughs> in just this last hour. Yeah. Um, it was a little therapy session. A little, yeah. <laughs> I just wanted to ask, I guess, what's next for you? Like, what are you looking forward to in your career? Um, what do you want to see yourself do, you know, beyond the A's? Um, in the future, like whatever comes to mind. Yeah. Well, first off, thanks for having me, guys. I'm glad we got to make this work. I'm glad we got yeah. to do this. Um, and <clears throat> it was a lot of fun. I, I, I really hope that I can take my own advice. Uh, <laughs> Don't we all? Don't, Don't we, we all? Right? I'm a good advice giver, but can I take it? Um, <laughs> so... I would, I would just say that, you know, what's next for me first off, I mean, I guess in the short term, uh, I would say, um, a healthy 2021 um, and a successful 2021. I think that, you know, that'll go hand in hand for me, hopefully, because just, you know, if I can be out there and be healthy and play, I know that I'll take care of what I need to do. Um, and I, I want to get that. I want to get that gold glove, and I want to get that platinum glove back. I know you for, do. For I knew that was coming. Goal. You will. I, I, it, it got taken away from me. So, congrats to Isaiah who won that this year. But I, I would like to take that award back. <laughs> um, I feel some tension. That's amazing. <laughs> And then, that's not competitive at all no. in case you guys didn't know not competitive whatsoever from a team, from a <laughs> team standpoint i would just love to win the american league west again and and get into the playoffs yeah you know i missed the playoffs last year which sucked but i think uh you know obviously my goal every year is to go to the playoffs and win a world series um but, and i think what do i see myself doing i think i want to just consistently continue to win that award i want to win a silver slugger which is the same award for a gold glove, but it's for hitting the best hitter at your position. So I would love to win one of those. I got my work cut out for me. There's some dudes at third base that can absolutely crush the ball. So that, that is something I'm working for. I mean, obviously I would love to win an MVP um, and sign a, sign a long-term contract. So hopefully the, hopefully the A's can, you know, make that happen. Well, don't hang up. Well, that was awesome. That was so fun. Thank you so much, Matt, for coming on and for sharing your Gandhi wisdom with us. Seriously, that was that was also like very informative about baseball, but also yeah, very motivating. I learned a lot one about baseball, but also was actually very motivated by his speech. <laughs> I know. I'm telling you, he's the first person I call when I'm like. I can't do it anymore. I'll be so dramatic. And he's like, you got to just grind it out. You just got to keep going. And I'm like, you know what? You're probably right. I think a lot of what he was saying too, a lot of people can relate with because it's not just sports and athletics. Like it's the music industry. It's the entertainment industry. It's there's so many different industries that the come up is exactly like. Yeah, it's a, it's a hard road. So, um, but it was really awesome to get to to hear about yeah. that. I hope you guys learned something because I I think I did. I did. Um, well, that segues us into 
Pit, Pit and Peak, our monthly of the week. Oh, of the month. Of the month. Of the now. month. You're yes. right. It's yep. of the month. Since we're going to be doing this monthly um, indefinitely, we thought let's do Pit and Peak of the month. Yeah, um, that way we'll have better stories for you guys anyway. I mean, a month is essentially just a long week in COVID era. Right. That's how it feels to me. So, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, my peak of the month would have to be when Gavin and I, we took a little uh, little getaway trip for trip. just just for a couple of days and we went up to Pismo Beach and got a little Airbnb and just like for the day took a little road trip and we stopped in um, Santa Barbara and then in this little town called Solving. Is it Solving? Slovang? or not sure. I don't know. It's, it's like mini Denmark. Town. Yeah. It's like a mini Denmark in California. So that was really fun. Um However, it transitions me right into, into the, the pit, <laughs> right, the pit, right sorry. into the Excuse pit me. of my week, which are week, God damn it, of the month, right? <laughs> We're still transition- getting used to this format, ladies and gentlemen. Oh God, it leads right to the pit, which is um, basically in Pismo. There's this little area where you can like drive your car it's on the a beach. recreational beach where you can. Riot ATVs, dirt bikes, cars, whatever. There's like dune areas. um, But. So we decided to take my car out on the beach and I have a Honda CRV. So I have like a, it's like a. It's like a SUV. And is, so I was like, oh, it can handle the sand. Like it's fine. Yeah. And so we're driving down and it's kind of like, um, like the tide had been coming up. So the sand was getting kind of damp. And, but did we think about that? Nope. So I mean, who were, who, I mean, I wouldn't have known. No, me either. Now we know, I guess. But as we're driving, you know, further and further, like down the um, beach, we slowly kind of start to like feel it's a little, it's a little damp. So we're like, let's turn around. And as we turn around, like it just gets, the sand gets so steep and like, um, What's the word? It just gets like sticky. Basically, our tires started digging themselves into in, the sand. In other words, we <laughs> yeah. got full-blown stuck. Like the t- my the front of my car was completely stuck and I don't have four-wheel drive. So Gavin, I got out of the car and Gavin was like driving it, trying to like back it up and it wasn't going anywhere. It was just like my tires were spinning <laughs> in the sand. Haley's and the one that gets out of the car and I'm the one in the car. Yeah, like, you're okay, like, go get ahead out. And, go ahead and do this. Push the car back. And then this guy comes by and he sees us struggling and he was like you got to take the air out of the tires like blah blah and I was like sir I don't know how to do that and so I was like Haley push the car I was like I think we should just we should just push it and so I was like Gavin floor it backwards and then this guy helped me push it and we made it by the grace of God. We got my car out, and I was like, "Let's get Haley off this beach." I was having a panic attack the whole time, and I was as cool as a cucumber. But that's just our dynamic. I I'm always anxious, that's true. Fanny, and but no, it's we're always opposite. If I'm super anxious, you're all like cool as cucumber, it's the yin, yin and yang. <laughs> exactly. That's why we've been um, best friends, and it's also because you are a Scorpio rising, and I'm a Pisces rising, and right. we balance each other out very well. So very important things to note, guys. And that's that on that. That is so, that on that. So, Gavin, what was your pin My peak pin of the month? Peak, I mean, of course, these months are going by very quickly. It all feels like one long week to me. So mm-hmm. I have to say that one of my peaks was definitely the road trip. It was really nice to get away and out of the house. Um, I don't know about you guys, but I work a lot from home. Um, 
basically my entire week is spent inside. I'll run errands and stuff like throughout the week, but I don't do sessions in the studio anymore um, due to COVID. And so all my work is done through Zoom. Um, so with that said, a road trip was much needed, much needed. But yeah, anyways, peak definitely getting to go on a road trip. And then I'd say probably New Year's too. I know that was like the beginning of this month, but um, it was really, it was a really great way to bring in the new year. Yeah. Um, we got to pop champagne and watch fireworks on a rooftop in LA and it was everything I could have wanted. Um, I wasn't expecting a very eventful New Year's, but it was, it was with chill really cool was, people yeah. and um, there wasn't a whole lot of us and we just got to chill and talk about what this next year is going to bring for all of us. And those yeah. are just my favorite memories are just to like be with small groups of people and like I don't know no expectations I'm getting sappy and then my my pit so I got an oil change today well not fully an oil change so here's the deal my car I have a really great car okay it's it's been running very well ever since I got her um I just don't take very good care of my cars or vehicles because I just I'm not a car guy I don't know when things are wrong, I don't know like how to take care of a car properly. My dad makes fun of me for it. But so apparently I didn't have one drop of oil. <laughs> Not one drop of oil was in my car. And um, the guy was literally like, when was the last time you got an oil change? And I was probably, I said, before the pandemic. <laughs> and I've probably driven... A long ways. Um, so I will I will admit to that. Um, basically, he just said I was lucky to be alive. <laughs> um, and but anyways, we got my car filled up with oil and ended up only costing me 20 bucks because there was no oil to change. He just had to put in new oil. So it was it all worked out. Um, I learned that you should change your oil every 5,000 miles. <laughs> what did we learn? We learned, um, well, okay. They told me at the, the VW dealership that synthetic oil is only, is 10,000 miles. So right. here I go 10,000 miles and they're like, you don't have any oil left. <laughs> you got to get the blend, the synthetic so, blend. I think I did it wrong. Yeah. And that's all for today's episode, guys. Thank you so much for listening. We appreciate Thank you. you. We're going to see you next month. Until uh, then. Until then. That's that on that. That's that on that. <laughs> we'll see you guys next time. Bye. Bye.